This the remix. I think people people got short-term memory loss or something because right. before Jimmy came, we he he saved us. Like I was, I won two games, four games, and when Jimmy came, he really turned it around. Really. Um, brought us to the point where we are at now. And, uh, you know, I have nothing to love but love and respect for Jimmy, being able to see what he goes in, uh, what goes into it, what he goes through day in and day out. And, um, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best for him, and you know, that's my guy. Are you meeting with Roger Goodell at all about, you know, that ownership with the whole Broncos and all that? Yeah, you tell Roger, call me. We're working on it. Because you, you and Kanye are real serious about NFL ownership, huh? You know, we are extremely serious about it. Working towards it, get it done. Cocaine isn't cheap. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. By the way, did you see the report yesterday that Antonio Brown and Kanye West want to buy the Broncos? That's no, what I, he was talking about. I heard a. Uh... Kanye's name's been out there for a while. I did not see the AB uh, flying in on the uh, parachute and uh, join him. Do you know how funny it would be if Kanye and Antonio Brown owned the Broncos? I mean, the management can't be any worse than John Elway. <laughs> I think it can, Jared. I think it can. I mean, well, hold on. Think... Yeah, no, I've doubted Kanye in the past. You're right. I think it can. I think it can get much worse than John Elway. Uh, John Elway just traded for Russell Wilson. They're they're gonna be decent for. And he again. also signed Peyton Manning. Whenever uh, the 49ers made fun of Peyton Manning because he didn't throw hard enough. I mean, listen, it's quite possible Kanye West can draft a quarterback better than John Elway has, but everything else, I think John Elway probably better. Um, we had a question from a listener. Greg asked us yesterday on Twitter. What types of trades would you listen to for Carr if Washington, Colts, or another team calls? And then he threw out the hypothetical, Chase Young and two first-round picks from Washington. So what do you think of his hypothetical trade of Chase Young and two, two first-rounders? And Chase Young. I would take it. Uh, I would take it because there's no way in hell that the Washington <laughs> commanders actually offer two first-round picks Chase and... Young. Chase Young. There is zero chance Chase Young is a part of that deal because Chase Young is very good and very young and plays potentially the second most important, important position, position in the, the field. sport. Yeah. Um, if that was an offer, the Raiders should take it. Even if they weren't planning on rebuilding, the Raiders should yes. take that. Like, no doubt about it, they should take that. Um, it won't be offered. Now, Two first-round picks, I think, is certainly a possibility from a team like Washington or Indy or whoever else decides that they want or need a quarterback. So, yeah, two first-round picks, I think, is certainly... That, that to me, is sort of the baseline conversation. And if you can work a team up higher than that, if you can somehow bid two teams against each other, that's what you do. And that would be a great place to be if you're the Raiders where you can get two first-round picks plus a little bit more. But I do... Let me ask you this. If you're the Raiders right now, do you think McDaniels and Ziggler are more open to trading Carr than they were two days ago? I think absolutely. I mean, I think they were open to trading him two days ago as well. There's been no essential movement that we've heard of other than McDaniels saying he'll be our starting quarterback on the first day, but there's been no essential movement that we've heard of on extensions. Do they want him to play the first, the, the one year left on his contract? So, yeah, I think. And, and what happened yesterday with Russell Wilson – they have to be more open to it. Now, it's interesting what Jason Fitz said. If it was anyone other than McDaniels, they'd want to rebuild. 
I mean, I'm not. Why, why wouldn't McDaniel's think that way too? Now that now that Russell Wilson's in in the division, is he so kind of amped up that he's the guy and he can do this and he can make them a winner right away? Is he listening to Mark Davis, who doesn't want to rebuild? I I don't know. But I we think, talked about this at seven o'clock, and I I think they should try to rebuild. I think the the idea of the new coach in McDaniel's it comes back to how many years are you going to have as a coach and. Even if your owner is on board, even if your owner agrees that, hey, it's probably best for this organization to rebuild, you're basically talking about two, probably three years of being under 500, not being very good. And most coaches don't survive that, even if it's planned. I mean, even if the goal is to not be good, you usually get fired when your team is bad. So I can understand why a new coach, and Josh McDaniels particularly, because he's coming in as the second time head coach that failed miserably Mm -hmm. his first time around. And if he fails again, he's probably not getting another head coaching job. If he were to come in, even if he said, Hey, let's rebuild. And that was the plan. And they win five games for three straight years. I can see why, Hey, he's fired after that. And nobody hires him again because it didn't work out. I can understand that logic. But the problem with that is that that is what's best for Josh McDaniels. That is not what's best for this organization because I think we're on the same page. What's best for this organization is to try to be good three years from now. Yeah. Try to try to find the quarterback that can compete with Wilson and Mahomes and Herbert and be a really good football team in three years because right now you're probably finishing fourth in this division and your ceiling is probably second. Even if everything went right, you're still not winning the AFC West. And that's an issue. That's a that's a very bad window to be in if you're an organization. So it's better for this team to be bad now and try to be better in the future when the division's not as stacked. I just think I really do, especially since he's you know seemed excited to get you know the Patriot way and that they made a wild card last year. I don't think Mark Davis believes in that. I think Mark Davis believes they're a lot closer than they really are because they made the playoffs, yes. because yes. they have Carr back, because they have the Patriot way now. Everything he said about the Patriots in the um, in the introductory press conference of Ziegler and McDaniels, I just think he thinks they're a lot closer than reality is. I think he does, too. I think that's 100% right. That they, hey, they made the playoffs. Right. And they were they were a play away from being tied with the Bengals who went to the Super Bowl. Like, I, I think he absolutely views it as, hey, we're close. We can right. do this. We're He's probably looking at it right now saying, oh, the Broncos will be better. But, hey, we're still better than them. Right. We, we're still, right. we're still, they got to prove they can beat us or whatever. Yes. Which, in reality, every projection for this upcoming season is going to have the Raiders as the worst team in the AFC West. And that's probably not how this organization is actually going to view it. And if you're the Raiders at this point, I I think it's, it's going to be, it's, it's a tough spot to be in because of how good your division might be. And for how long it might might be be good. good. Right. Like, and and again, the problem is that there are now three teams that could be really good. Like that's the issue because things happen. We expect guys to be really good. We expect teams to be really good. And, and it just doesn't always come to fruition, right? Like teams or players get worse or, or they're not as good as we thought they'd be. Like Justin Herbert and the Chargers, they may never pan out. That might never turn into an actual year after year playoff contender. The problem though, is that even if that happens, if Herbert's not that good, if the Chargers aren't that good for five years, you still have the Chiefs and the Broncos. Yeah, like that has two other to quarterbacks happen. at the one you better than right. the one you have. That has to happen to three teams for you to be an AFC West champion, and ultimately, that's your 
most likely path to being a Super Bowl champion, which is the goal of every organization. And I'll make the other point that I've made a lot during the offseason. All of this, all of the decisions they make about Derek Carr, the entire roster, rebuild or not rebuild, it all comes back to what is your goal as a franchise. If the Raiders want to win the Super Bowl, they should trade Derek Carr as soon as they can for multiple first round picks mm-hmm. because they are not winning a Super Bowl with Derek Carr and the current division and honestly the entire AFC because the Bills exist, the Bengals exist, the Ravens exist, right? They're not winning a Super Bowl anytime in the near future, right? But if the goal of the organization is to be a good team with a shot at the playoffs, you keep Derek Carr and you try to win nine or 10 games right. next year because that can happen, right? Like they it's could, a tough division. Do I don't think do they that. will, but it's, you know, I mean, if they're in reality a seven win team and you have two games go your way to add a, you know, some lucky bounces or something, hey, now you're a nine win team and you got in the playoffs as a wild card team. Like that is possible. And if that's your goal, you keep Carr and you go for that this year. I'm just someone that kind of believes in the idea of, hey, if you're not a championship contender, you should be trying to build a path for two, three years or however long down the road to be a championship contender. I mean, in theory, they could go 11 and six and just never win a, you know, <laughs> a division game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. They could be a wild card at 11 and six. Yes. That would be, that would actually be kind of incredible, right? If they went 11 and six but never won a division game. Well, like, you don't need to. I mean, yeah, but it, like if you're if you're an eleven win team, like you're you're probably pretty good, right? You're not a bad team. But let's see. Let, mm. let me let's run through the schedule here. I mean, they've got they've they got play. great special teams, so they're winning by a lot of field goals. Who they play outside of the division? They play Jacksonville. Oh, they can win. absolutely win that. Win. They play the Texans. That's a win. That's a win. Uh, they play the Colts. That That's could a win. be a win. If they don't if they don't trade for Carr, it's a win. Uh, they play the Cardinals. Uh, well, with all the all the I drama mean, yeah, on that team I mean, now, who knows who's going to be the quarterback? Yeah, Rosen that's a win. could wind up being the quarterback yeah, again. There. That's a win. They play the 49ers. If they're keeping Jimmy G, that's uh, that's a win. <laughs> I think they're going to need Trey Lance to suck. They go to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Oh jeez. Ah, Super Bowl hangover. That's <laughs> a win. <laughs> point. That's a good point. They go to Tennessee to play the Titans. Uh, Tannehill. Ah, Tannehill on. might get hurt. And uh, Derrick Henry's go- never healthy. They go to New Orleans to play the Saints. Well, oh, oh come on, who's their that's, quarterback? That's going to be Carr. London, and they Derek own Carr. London. That's going to be London, and they own London. Uh, they go to Pittsburgh to play oh, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, come on. come on. And they play the Patriots at home. Oh, it's at home. Revenge game. Yeah, and I mean, there's yeah. no way McDaniel's yeah. loses yeah. to his old boss. That Boy, they the just most, won 11 games. That is the most optimistic this show has ever been about yes. the Raiders. <laughs> just won 11 games. Now go over, now go over the uh, the the uh, AFC West loss. Loss, 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 loss. I guarantee, man. I guarantee. I mean, even if they would lose to the Niners in that in what we just did, 10 and 7. 10 and 7, you're still a wild card team. Wow, listen to you guys. All right, so they're like, okay, and also, like, right now, it's March 9th, so it's kind of stupid to, yes. to do this. <laughs> wow. But right now, based on how good we expect these teams to be, the Raiders are not as good as any of the three teams in their division. So that's six games. They're probably underdogs, and maybe they're a small favorite against one of them at home, but that's probably six games. When they go to Tennessee, when they go to the Rams, they're definitely underdogs in those two games, right? Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, I, I, again, it depends on who's healthy because without, I don't think the Titans are very good without Derrick Henry. They were perfectly fine without Derrick Henry. What are you talking about? All right. They were probably better. They, they, their running EPA was better after Derrick Henry got hurt than it was before. They, they need to get rid of him. They <laughs> lost the playoff game because they were obsessed with Derrick Henry. That's why they lost the playoffs. So they need him to be, the Raiders need him to be healthy. That's their chance to win. Like, it's a that's a pretty I mean you got Jacksonville and Houston on here, but other and Seattle's gonna be bad now. So there's three really bad teams on here. You keep discounting Geno Smith. But there's uh this is a really tough schedule now. Like given that the division's good and now you have Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, uh, Patriots all on this schedule. Oh, and Titans all on this schedule. That's a really tough one. And depending on what New Orleans and Pittsburgh do at quarterback, you could have one other tough one in there as well. I don't think this team's going to the playoffs. Ah, maybe next year. Maybe next year? Okay. Man, what if they rebuild? What if they trade for a They're not going to rebuild, Tyler. Eh, come on. Come on. No, get, go we, get Jordan Love. Mark Davis what? is not going to allow that. We want them to rebuild very badly, but they won't do it. I want them to go get Jordan Love. Trade for two first-round picks for Carr, then send a second to Green Bay for Jordan Love. See if he's any good. If he's a nightmare, guess what? You're picking in the top five. Congratulations. Draft your new quarterback then. Bryce I, Young. I got it. Yeah, there you go. Everything has been solved. The Raiders will be good in three years uh, with a superstar quarterback. Coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. There's a difference, and I, we need to make sure that it's understood. And every time I do hear it now, I will make sure that I address it and uh, make sure that I nip that in the butt. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. It's Sam and Ash. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you? <laughs> what's up? Hey. Um, hey. Happy we're, Wednesday. We're great. Sure. How are you guys? Very good. Uh, Very good. I'm home today. It's a good day to just be sitting at home doing the show. I'm in the studio oh. with Jared. Yeah. Sorry. So. um the first story that i want to talk to you guys about is Brittany griner who wnba player uh has been detained in russia for having a vape that was filled with cannabis oil and according to reports that carries a maximum uh sentence of 10 years in prison in russia uh the part i'm curious about I, i don't know how much you guys know about this what steps have to be taken for like the United States to help get Brittany Griner out of Russia and effectively out of a potential prison sentence. So Griner's already a day late and a dollar short on this one because she didn't pay off the guards that arrested her. <laughs> and, and, and I'm, by the way, I have some uh, specific knowledge about this because I know you guys know my family's from the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. And one of my, one of my closest friends, in fact, Ashley, you know him and he's, He's a, um, a well-to-do businessman who, who travels frequently or traveled frequently to Russia for business. And he uh, ha- took his father-in-law on a hunting trip there. And, you know, this, this old guy, you know, Czech guy returning back to the Czech Republic is at Moscow at the airport. And he, he forgot he had a, a single round of live ammunition uh, from, his, from his hunting rifle in the pocket of his coat. And, and as he was going through security, they found it. And, and basically, they threatened him with arrest, with imprisonment, and all this stuff. And, and, and you know, my friend, of course, being a, you know, a savvy Eastern European, 
uh, gent uh, found a way to quickly bribe the guards and allow him to be to be let on onto the flight. <laughs> and when I asked him, this is the best part, how much it cost, my friend just didn't skip a beat, and, and we speak English together, and he goes, it like small car. <laughs> Oh, and so now whenever Ashley and I this is and this story by the way Ashley to correct me if I'm wrong this is this is all true and it's part of our lore and so whenever we have uh, you know as somebody I, we, I ask Ashley you know how much something is or whatever the unit of measurement it like small car all comes from this incident so I'm most surprised by the fact that Griner who was working in Russia playing in Russia and making quite a bit of money my understanding is like a million bucks yeah off season she should have immediately knowing the country this is how it operates standard standard procedure you you offer money the only asterisk here is because of the war because of the sanctions she's become a pawn now a political pawn mm -hmm. and there may have been a heightened oversight of the guards at the border to prevent them from making personal deals because the government has a, has a vested interest in detaining Americans. Literally the tallest pawn Russia could have yes. found. What, seven foot tall? Yeah. Is, is she any at any level leverage? Yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, the government, want, the U.S. government wants to get her back, but I mean, so the Russians are going to hold on to her and see what they can do to negotiate a deal. But I don't anticipate them negotiating. She's going to go to prison. She's going to uh, be there a while. She's going to be in prison really? for a while. That's my prediction. But so Sam's point about this and why she didn't think to pay them off. I, I think it's a common misconception of Americans that their freedoms and their rights travel with them <laughs> and that they are entitled yes. to the same due process when you cross borders. When I did semester at sea as a 21 year old, I remember how strictly the program taught all of us. You can't assume that you will be given a right to an attorney, a right Right to tell the facts is you just won't and so that's the real lesson here is when you travel abroad you have to understand you're taking on the risks and the the establishment and the government policies of that country you don't get to take your flag with you um i'm curious like if we if we were if there was not a war at the moment if russia was not involved in a war what can happen for a Brittany Griner, I guess any U.S. citizen that, that does get arrested for something like that in Russia? Like how, like what are the steps the U.S. would take to help Brittany Griner get out of prison in Russia if we were assuming it was not wartime for Russia? Right. So she, her, she through her family or she directly would apply to the, uh, for the, to the U.S. embassy for help. And the U.S. ambassador in each country is, or consul in the countries where we don't have ambassadors, would be charged with the protection and to assist any uh, U.S. Um, uh, 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 nationals if they're if they're in the criminal justice system. Now, the fact of the matter is that they can only help as much as that particular country has leverage over the host country, mm -hmm. right? So in a country, I'll give you an example. Uh, let, take a country that needs something from us on a regular basis. I would say any smaller country that receives a massive amount of foreign aid mm -hmm. from the United States, right? That country, the U.S. ambassador shows up and says, yo, give me my citizen back. You, you know, uh-uh. <laughs> and, and if you don't, we're going to pull the $100 million a year that you get, which for that small country is a big deal. Yeah, they're going to pay attention. Russia, who we just literally threw everything at and then some with sanctions, we have no leverage. 
I mean, what are we going to do? Say, okay, we're going to lift all these sanctions and we're going to buy your oil again to save one U.S. citizen? It's a non-starter. And Russia right now doesn't particularly care about the court of public opinion because they're murdering women and children (laughs) as we speak, and they don't seem to give a rat's rear end about it. I, I'm not. I, I travel a lot. I, I have, you know, I have, I have a home in the Czech Republic. I, I have some insight into this, um, and I will say that I, I don't have a lot of hope for her getting released soon. Uh, next story we want to talk about is Kane Velasquez. Press being box. Be- Transition. Cain Velasquez being uh, <laughs> failed tonight. I was like, what is yeah, that? The, uh, well, we transition well. Uh, the UFC legend is going to remain in jail. We know he's been facing 10 criminal charges, including one count of felony attempted murder. Um, tried to kill a gentleman, Harry Goularte, who's been accused of molesting one of Cain's close relatives. Okay, first question. Uh, and we talked about this last week in terms of you can't just go try to shoot someone no matter what they've been accused of. Is there any way, though, his attorneys could use that as self-defense since the other man was molesting one of Kane's relatives, or is that, again, a non-starter because you still can't go try to shoot somebody? Well, the, the self-defense, it, it depends entirely on the moments before the, the shots are fired, right? So, so if I could, I'll give you a scenario where this could be a valid defense. Kane Velasquez goes down there, to the child molester's house, alleged, alleged right. child molester, right. goes down there and starts yelling at him, and the guy pulls a gun on him, and then Cain Velasquez shoot, pulls a gun and shoots him. That would be an example where, you know, a, 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 you could, I could see a self-defense argument working because in the moment before Cain Velasquez used deadly force or attempted to use deadly force, he had there was a perceived real threat of deadly force being used against him yeah and i'm going to also say kane velasquez can only use deadly force and it'd be reasonable if the other person like in sam's hypothetical the kid the child that's being molested if kane velasquez walk runs into that room and sees something happening and the person kane shot pulls a gun on the kid now, Cain Velasquez gets to basically step in the shoes of the kid and exercise reasonable self-defense for that child. Yes, but in most, but, but in most jurisdictions, it just what what matters is is that there is an imminent threat to another to any person yes. to to oneself or to a third party of of gross generally like here in Nevada, it's gross bodily harm, and um and or and, and, and or death. Now, so I guess I will add this other thing to it. If they're literally the child was getting molested right then and there, and there could be even then there could be an argument. But just going into the room to to exact vengeance and punishment onto a child molester, no matter how abhorrent and disgusting and awful, condemnable that crime is, you can't do that. So he was denied bail, and you guys have told us plenty of times it's about the risk they pose or, or the potential that they leave the country. He's denied bail. Do you, did they essentially determine that if they let him out, he might go try to kill this guy again? Well, they're just, based on the nature and the severity of the crime itself, they're looking at it as if he's a danger to the community. His attorney will do the right thing, and they will appeal and challenge that bail sentencing and hopefully get it overturned. But it's difficult when someone's not acting in a, in a like as Sam said, there's a delayed 
use of such excessive deadly force, that's that's complicated and that's tough for a judge to reconcile with letting them go loose into the community. So I, I don't see this as excessive, but I can see why everyone's coming to his defense. I could see Kane's lawyers getting up there saying, Your Honor, my client's only a threat to the child molester community, not the greater community at large. Well, I mean, so we're, we're narrowing it down to really a subset of people that, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, just a thought. I don't think it will work, but, you know, make it for a good headline. Press box transition. <laughs> I need um, that on. I need a button so I can do that in life. That's exactly. <laughs> Voice box. Okay, so I, this is completely off whatever, like off legal stuff. But um, so uh, I know you guys have some like cool stuff coming up at the Dollar Loan Center Center uh, out in Henderson. Uh, when, when When do I get invited out? Do you want to go today? <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, noon. What are you doing? Uh, well, work. But <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, when, 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 when can we? When can Tyler, Ed, and I be like special guests of uh, the official sponsors of you know the Dollar Loan Center Center? <laughs> well, we we're the official injury attorneys for the Silver Knights, and we're really excited about the stadium, the arena opening. We were there yesterday checking out the Big West Tournament, but you guys are legitimately have standing invitations. If you want to go, just text us. You know how to reach out. Oh, man, the Big that West. is such a bad idea. Yeah, it is for Jared. Don't give Jared a standing invitation anywhere. The Big Here's West Tournament. Sitting, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> sitting invitation. The Big West Tournament's uh, the first event there. Do the Silver Knights play there next week? No, the Silver Knights, I don't believe, play there until April. Oh. Is, April 2nd. Yes. Okay. Uh, long but, way to go. Yeah, okay. but the Vegas Nighthawks, the Indians. Yes. Oh, that's right. They're, they're playing football on team. the 18th, I think. Yeah, so I just yes. was looking at that. So that's, I'm excited to see that. That's what Jared actually wants to go to. That's except, probably the thing he's most excited except about. Jared, that I come have, to the Nighthawks game. Yeah. I, I guess who has to build the broadcast for the Nighthawks? <laughs> Well, oh. build it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Be yeah be just let it run itself. That'll go well. <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. Well, but seriously, anytime you guys want to go, it works in your schedule. You don't have to work. Reach out. The arena's great. I think everybody who's listening, go, go when you get a chance to any event. It's a, it's like the perfect size arena. It's literally a third of the size of T-Mobile. Every seat's a good seat. The sight lines are great. The, uh, the jumbotrons like. The, the brightest, crispest thing I've ever seen. It's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Just avoid Jared if he's actually there, because that'll ruin your night. Uh, it's <laughs> SamAndAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234. Guys, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Press box so. transition. Oh, got do, a lot do you of want one? Do you want one? <laughs> yeah, we need to go to break, Jared. No time for press box transition, because coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. The rules of Scrabble are simple. First, each player pretends to mix the tiles while trying to feel for the letter A. Bischoff's Briefs. The game does not officially begin until one player reminds all the others that the first word scores double. That player is known as the Scrabble Jackass and is then handed the box top for any further rule clarifications. Bischoff's Briefs. Players then take turns laying down words until someone does a bad job hiding the fact that they drew a blank. Bischoff's Briefs. Upon seeing the blank draw, each player must make a bad joke about the tiles in their possession. Bischoff's Briefs. Play continues until each turn takes longer than open heart surgery, and the game ends when one person uses the last of their letters. Even though at this point no one likes that person, they're still referred to as the winner. 
Bischoff's briefs. And that's how you scrabble. Today's Bischoff's briefs going to need to be a quick one. I was uh, going to say, it better be brief. We are just looking in the world of college basketball. Uh, first off, I want to go back to Monday. Chattanooga beat Furman in overtime. David John Baptiste did a game-winning buzzer-beating three from like 25 feet away. Um, it was, you know, like the first great moment of yes. March, a buzzer-beater yeah. to go to the Saw NCAA it. tournament. Here's my complaint about the game, though. Furman had the ball in a tie game with the shot clock turned off, and they scored. They got two points out of it, but they took a shot with six seconds left in the game. Like, they, they didn't even like try to take the last shot they just took a shot kind of close to the last shot and yeah they lost on a 25 foot buzzer beating three it's not a shot that goes in very often but they gave their opponent a last shot scenario and they lost because of it like come on take the last shot of the game if you have the opportunity to do so in a tie game and they didn't do it and they lost it's one of uh, it's i'm adding it to my list of uh, late clock situations that college basketball teams manage to screw up. Like my biggest annoyance is teams not going two for one. I don't know why college basketball teams don't go two for one, but they they don't do it. Like across the entire country, teams no, they don't. I, I saw quotes from Leon Rice saying, "I'd rather get one shot than two bad ones." And and he's he's wrong. He is factually wrong. Like it is significantly better to get two bad shots than even one good shot. Like, there's no doubt about it. You want two shots compared to one. No matter how bad the, those two shots can be, the 25-foot three-point heave, and you are going to, over the course of time, you're going to score more points doing that than holding and trying to get one good shot. Because right. the other key in there is you're not guaranteed to get a good shot just because you hold the ball. What Because if, the other team is playing defense. What if one of the shots is... Step back one-legged. <laughs> what kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? When? <laughs> when? Two of those is still better than one good <laughs> shot in college basketball. Yes, that is a good point. Um, the other part of college, the college basketball world that I wanted to touch on in Bischoff's briefs is the Atlantic Sun. They had an interesting championship game. Uh, Bellerman beat Jacksonville in the title game, but Bellerman is not going Bellarmine? to the NCAA yeah. tournament because the NCAA has a dumb rule where uh, when teams first join Division One, they can't play in the NCAA tournament for their first four seasons. It's very stupid. It's the dumbest rule ever. Need, what is that? Right. What is the point of that? Right. They need to get rid of it. Um, so Bellerman, they won their conference tournament, but they're a new Division One team, so they cannot go to the NCAA tournament. Now, this has been a possibility before where there have been teams that are ineligible for the NCAA tournament play in a conference tournament. Usually, what those conferences have done in the past, they have determined before the tournament that, hey, if this ineligible team wins the conference tournament, whoever they beat in the conference title game is going to be the representative in the NCAA tournament. That sucks that reasoning is stupid and that is not what the atlantic sun did the atlantic right. sun decided to reward their regular season champion they decided hey if bellerman goes on a run and wins the conference tournament we're going to reward the team that won the regular season that was jacksonville state now what was interesting jacksonville state lost in the semifinals to jacksonville so what that set up was the atlantic sun title game 
Jacksonville was playing for a conference title, an NCAA tournament spot, and to keep Jacksonville State out. Bellerman, meanwhile, was playing for a conference title, obviously, and to send Jacksonville State to the NCAA tournament. That is phenomenal, right? And there's two reasons that I like it. Number one, you are rewarding your regular season champion. So you're rewarding a team that was good for 18 games, not just one that pulled off uh, you know, an upset or two in the in the conference tournament, right? You're rewarding a team for being good for a couple of months, not for one week. Also, if the Atlantic Sun had gone with what other conferences have done in the past and set it up to where, okay, if Bellerman makes the championship game and wins, we're going to send the loser of the championship game to the NCAA tournament. That would have meant the Atlantic Sun title game would have meant nothing because Jacksonville would have clinched an NCAA tournament spot before the game tipped off. Right, so exactly. I... 100% approve of what the Atlantic Sun did in sending their regular season champion. It made the actual game much more meaningful, and it's rewarding a team that deserves to be rewarded more than the team that lost the conference title game. You're rewarding the team that was good for two months. So i fully on board with what the Atlantic Sun yeah. did, and anytime there is an ineligible team, then that should be the way the conference is default to who goes to the NCAA tournament. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm a... Uh... I'm with you on the dumbest rule ever in terms of Pierre Edward Bellamar not being uh, not being eligible. It, it is what, what is the point? Of that? If they're allowing <laughs> Pierre people, Edward Bellamar, yeah, if they're Pierre allowing Edward Pierre Edward Bellerman, if they're allowing people to come into Division One, then they should be eligible for everything Division One teams are for. And especially, what is it, three or four years? Yeah, it's like four uh, years. It's, a, uh, it's, it's absurd. It's, it's, they just overthink the room. The NCAA. It's yeah. the dumbest rule. If they're if in I, Division One, they're in Division One. If I remember correctly, it was it was it was put in place to I don't know keep teams what? from jumping up and down from Division One and Division Two on a regular basis. I think it was a problem somebody came up with that wasn't real. Who does that? Like, like I I don't think that was actually ever going to be an issue. But they were like, uh oh, what if a team jumps up and down from D one to D two over and over? We need to make sure oh, they're come committed. Come on, like they're so going to do that. It's very dumb. Um, <laughs> I think Grand Canyon is finally eligible for the NCAA tournament. So they were they were another school that recently was ineligible for the NCAA tournament playing in their conference tournament. I kind of want them to remain ineligible. I don't want any for-profit schools make it. Like, I don't want DeVry <laughs> in my NCAA tournament. Do you know how great it would be if DeVry played Grand Canyon in the Final Four, Jared? That would be the funniest thing we've ever seen. Oh, no, the... Well, okay. Well, DeVry, I think, holds the record for most points ever scored in a basketball game. So I, I don't. I think you're confusing DeVry with somebody that has an actual basketball team. No. All right. I'm looking it up. No, you're not. We're going to break right now. All right, Ed, you got to be the decider here on if Jared was right or not. Um, I said that DeVry does not have a basketball team. And Jared said, yes, they do. They played in the highest scoring game in college basketball. Um, in 1992, DeVry's Atlanta campus had an NAIA team, and they lost a game 258 to 141 to Troy State. But DeVry does not currently have a basketball team. That Atlanta campus no longer has basketball, and none of their other campuses do. So was Jared right or was Jared wrong? No, I believe Jared was right. Correct. I, I stand behind. I stand behind my fall, Hall of Fame producer. 
Hall of Fame. Uh, there's absolutely no <laughs> question about that. He's the one who said they were in the, involved in that game, and I don't really know if it matters if they still have a team. They were involved in the game when it happened, so the Hall of Fame producer comes through. I just so you know, claiming Jared's a Hall of Fame producer severely diminishes your claim yeah. that Eric Spolstra's a Hall yeah. of Famer. Even even I, who am the recipient of the compliment, uh, whoa whoa, let's not do this. Ed's Hall of Fame is Jason Witten, Eric Spolstra, and Jared. And Jared, yes, yes. I, except, all right, so it'd be a, it'd be two busts, and then I would get the subway uh, one made out of meat. <laughs> yeah, because you well, you'd eat it, wouldn't you? You'd eat your own face, right? I mean, yeah, we don't get paid for a couple days. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Ed, I, I'm I'm curious to know: Do we have a bird update? There is no bird update. Uh, okay. Listen to okay. the 9:45. Listen to this segment. Uh, Greenspan went shopping for birds the other day, and uh, someone tried to uh, take advantage. Jacked up the prices for the birds uh, because gas prices yes, are higher. Gas prices. Because gas prices are higher. So they jacked up the price of the birds to several hundred dollars. Then they jacked up the prices to bird cages, of which none of this had prices on them. He was just making up numbers as he went along. And he actually gave the excuse, well, you see what's happening in the world. <laughs> and she's like, what? And my son's like, what are you talking about? Well, you see the price of gas prices. It's like, what does that have to do with that cockatoo over there? What's 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 going on here? Yeah, um, my uh, just so you know, my mother sent pictures of her her baby cows following her around yesterday. Oh, so she's I don't know when she got she's got like seven cows now. Seven? I'm a little worried for the I'm a little worried for oh. the future of these cows. Boy, what a farm she's got going there. It's it's pretty remarkable. She also sent us a picture of an envelope with like a probably six inch long spider on the envelope. And she said she picked it up and she thought it was a picture on the envelope until she realized, no, that's an actual spider on the envelope. Well, okay. I'm trying to find him. Ben Goats tweeted this morning, hard pass to a tweet that said, an invasive species of spider the size of a child's hand is expected to colonize the entire East Coast of spring by parachuting down from the sky, <laughs> researchers have announced. <laughs> ben Goats, hard pass. Giant spiders expected to drop from the sky across the East Coast this spring. <laughs> oh, man, and they've got a picture of one. It's like, you got to be kidding me. One of those things lands on you, it's over. What do you mean they're parachuting from the sky? Are they in airplanes? How no, are they I think, getting into I the sky? I think what they're saying is more they're like in trees. Because oh I see this, I see this God. one spider that I'm seeing this one spider right now. Uh, it is enormous, enormous spider, but he's walking on a tree branch. So my guess is don't walk on any other trees because other than that, I don't know where they would parachute from. But uh, yeah, colonize the entire East Coast this spring by parachuting down from the sky. Okay, according to this story, they are helpless or harmless. I mean. Oh, if that humans. thing lands sure. on me, I'll tell you what, it's not going to be harmless. Their fangs are faint. too small to break human skin. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's test that theory. Oh, my God. Look at They're this thing. They are huge, Do too. you see they this thing? Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They're... Okay, well, here's here's the key, though. We're comparing it to the size of a child's hand. If they're as big as Derek Carr's hands, they're really not that big. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, Kenny Pickett, you have it as a pet. You have it as, as big as his hands. He, the, the spider becomes a pet. You're, you're telling me this thing is this big. Like, seriously, the like size of a small child's hand is what they're saying. And it can't be dangerous? And it, and it can't bite me? 
I'm, no. I'm with you. I'm running. No, I, I'm running. I've, oh, I've, I've read I'm the passing story. out running. I'm passing out if this thing falls on I, me. I've read the story. They're bright green. I think I can identify these. But if this thing is falling from oh. the sky, I am. Yeah, I'm running away from this. Yeah, don't worry. I'm that running. thing that fell on you is completely harmless. <laughs> Thank God I wear hats a lot. This thing falls on my head. It is over. I am dead. I just fall down and die and, and pass out at that point. Oh, I don't even, I didn't even it, try it, to run away. Only on the East Coast, right? We got nothing to worry yeah. about. No, well, no. Because it's colonizing okay. on the entire East Coast. Okay. Hope you don't have to go cover a Golden Knights playoff game. Well, I was, well, was going to say, like, hey, Ben, we're going to send you. <laughs> You're the lead writer for the uh, Golden Knights and East Coast. Uh, I don't think so. That's a hard pass. A spider <laughs> might fall on my head. It's an occupational hazard <laughs> exactly. for me to go cover the Golden Knights on the East Coast. And spiders are going <laughs> to fall on our heads. Oh, man. That would be horrifying. Now we need to get the birds to eat the spiders before they get to us. There you go. Pick them out of the sky. Your, your wife's on top of it.